It's lovely to see you all here tonight. Thank you so much for coming. The main thrust of this evening, though, is to publicise the release or re-release of an album I first issued in 1973 called Unsung Lies. And this evening, we'll be playing you some music from that album and also telling the story of that album as well. So, the, the Unsung Lies album was released in 1973, which, believe it or not, was 47 years ago. I know. And looking around the room, I guess most of you weren't alive in 1973. No! No! So, I'd like to remind you what was going on in 1973. On the 1st of January, here's a good one, the United Kingdom, the Republic of Ireland and Denmark entered the European Economic Community. Hooray! So how appropriate it is we find ourselves tonight here when we've just left it. On the 1st of March in 1973, a, a band called Pink Floyd released an album called The Dark Side of the Moon. Hooray! On the 17th of March, Elizabeth II opened the new London Bridge. We sold the old one to the Americans, didn't we? Yeah. Who, understands? thought they were getting Tower Bridge. Uh, and on the 26th of March, 1973, women were admitted to the London Stock Exchange for the first time. Yes! <laughs> on the 1st of April, a very appropriate date, value-added tax, VAT, came into effect in the UK. On the 6th of July, 1973, the James Bond film Live and Let Die was released in British cinemas with a spy being played by the 45-year-old Roger Moore. Ooh. On the 12th of November, the television sitcom Last of the Summer Wine began its first series run on BBC One. Do you know it's still playing today, Last of the Summer Wine? On the 5th of December, 1973, the speed limit on motorways was reduced to 50 miles an hour from 70 miles an hour until further notice because of the oil crisis. That'll be back. <laughs> On the 31st of December, as a result of coal shortages caused by industrial action, the three-day week came into force at midnight. All these things happened in 1973. Also, Pizza Hut opened its first UK restaurant in Islington in London. And the vinyl album Unsung Lies was released. Tonight we bring you the story of that album <laughs> Unsung Lies and I have on stage with me some of my best friends Alison Raymond, Linda Birmingham, Susan Alexander and together we are folk singers. I'll start with a story or maybe a joke, a pun, a one-liner, or some anecdote. Then I'll start singing each note, word and pause. I'm a folk singer, here comes the chorus. We are folk singers, we sing you the songs. If you know the chorus, you can sing along. The songs will be gone 
Sometimes I may stumble And forget the words To songs I have written Or songs I have heard Sometimes I sing slowly Sometimes I sing fast Never a verse To a rousing chorus We are folk singers We sing you the songs If you know the chorus You can sing along We are folk singers We sing you the songs If we don't keep singing The songs will be gone I might play a guitar or a mandolin a keyboard, a dulcimer or a violin I might play a squeeze box or a accordion Have you finished? I may sing along Till the chorus begins We are folk singers We sing you the songs If you know the chorus You can sing along We are folk singers We sing you the songs If we don't keep singing The songs will be gone I don't play pop music Or that gangster rap and country and western can leave me quite flat but give me a folk song and I will sing that I'm a folk singer I may wear a hat we, we are folk singers when we sing you the songs if you know the chorus you can sing along we are folk singers we sing you the songs Folk songs can be modern or from long ago. Some are brand new and some you will know. Songs can be happy or creep your skin. I'm a folk singer, last chorus begins. We are folk singers, we sing you the songs. If you know the chorus, you can sing along. We are folk singers, we sing you the songs. If we don't keep singing, the songs will be gone. We are folk singers, we sing you the songs. If we don't keep singing, the songs will be gone. Thank you very much. As you might suppose, that was called Folk Singers. So, uh, the beginnings of the Unsung Lies album. Uh, my relationship with live music started in the early 1960s when my parents sent me to learn the piano. I stopped going to piano lessons when they clashed with Batman on the television. <laughs> That's true, actually. That's true. In 1968, I bought my first guitar from Hammonds of Watford which cost me 20 pounds, which was an awful lot of money in 1968. And I still got it. 
and I began a musical journey which I'm still on today. I began to play live and write songs almost immediately. The first song I wrote hasn't survived, but I do remember it was awful. <laughs> Absolutely awful. I mixed with other musicians, of course, because that's what you do. And I remember that the pinnacle of perceived success in those days was to get yourself a recording contract. Some contracts came with an advance money, which of course was repayable to the company concerned. The major record companies of the day, and there was only about 20 of them, had talent scouts whose job it was to seek out people at gigs and to sign them up and to make them famous. Remember, in those days, there was no digital recording uh, to release a record. You really needed the professional resources of a, uh, a national company, and they had producers and uh, recording studios and the right equipment and access to pressing plants and things like that. And, of course, they also had the marketing and promotion to sell the album either nationally or internationally afterwards. Were these people interested in performers like me? No. No. They weren't. I played around the folk clubs, and uh, there were many more of them now than there are now. Watford, believe it or not, had four or five folk clubs. Even the Department of Employment Social Club in Orphanage Road had a folk club. And there were four or five others in the town as well. So that's how things were for me in 1973. So now we're going to play you one of the bonus tracks from the album. And in choosing the bonus tracks from the album, um, I've tried to choose those uh, which sort of fitted in with those songs that I was writing uh, 47 years ago. This is a song called The Flash of Her Disguise. And people often say to me, Julian, they say, what's that song about? And my answer is always the same. It's about three minutes. <laughs> Flashing green, amber red in the night And we've all seen that too Listening to ballads Hearing tuneless songs Wondering why the music sounds so wrong
quicksand She's being dragged down slow Sometimes she walks on water But she doesn't know They're still playing her music And watching her eyes For the spark In the flash of her Thank you. That was called The Flash of Her Disguise. So in 1973, I decided to record and independently release a vinyl album of some of my own songs. I'd heard of some bands releasing vinyl singles, but I didn't know anyone who had actually released their own album. I used, here it gets very nerdy, I used the Nakai 1720L open reel tape recorder and two microphones. Multi-tracking was not available. Ah, some of my friends to help out on some of the tracks by playing other instruments. I sang and played a six-string nylon guitar and a 12-string steel strung guitar and uh, sung, obviously. Took quite a few takes, as you can imagine, to get it right and to get the microphones in the right positions to pick up all the instruments and the singing. Afterwards, I edited the master tape with a razor blade and some splicing tape. Because that's, that's all you could do. In those days, that's all you could do. I sent the master tape off to a firm called D-Roy, who was one of only uh, two pressing plants in this country who did short-run vinyl records. A few weeks later, a test pressing came back, and I've got it with me tonight. There it is. Don't take any notice of the cover, I just kind of mocked that up. But this is the test pressing, the acetate that came back from D-Roy, of uh, all those tracks that I've recorded. And I excitedly rushed upstairs in the family home, put it on me dance set, turned up the volume, lifted the pickup arm onto the record and listened. It sounded terrible. Oh my God, it sounded terrible. So, I decided to start again, and I did it all again. Oh no. <laughs> another track, another bonus track on the Unsung Lies album, the re-release, is a track called Seagulls, and we're going to play that for you now. And uh, this came, interestingly, out of uh, a walk. I live near St. Albans now, and I went for a walk one day, and... Uh, I saw all these birds in a field doing what birds do in a field and amongst them were a few seagulls and I remember thinking to myself what are you guys doing here? You, you know, it's 60 miles from the sea what on earth are you doing here in St Albans? And then I thought to myself what if, what if these seagulls turned to me and said, well what are you doing here? And I realised I really didn't have a good answer for them at all So I came home and I wrote this song which is called Seagulls
I saw some seagulls in a field 60 miles inland Why they were so far from the coast I couldn't understand Soaring, swooping, calling out The way that seagulls do One landed, looked my way And then off again she flew Dipping one toe in the oceans Not the same as putting to sea I've never known much about seagulls And they don't know about me other birds they kept clear 60 miles inland like they knew that was best to do with seagulls close at hand I've never been a sea captain or served in the Queen's Navy I've never been part of a captain's crew singing sea shanties dipping one toe in the oceans not the same as putting to sea I've never been much of a starter And they don't know about me I've never heard the ocean's anger Never felt the storm and I've never sailed the seven seas Since the day that I was born Sailing ships on long sea trips Out of sight of land And seagulls sixty miles from the coast I'll never understand Dipping one toe in the oceans Not the same as putting to sea I've never known much about seagulls And they don't know about me Wondering why seagulls fly Quite so far inland A choir singing seagull songs Far from the sea and sand Soaring, swooping, calling out The way that seagulls do It's a lie to sigh that seagulls cry When they sing sea songs to you Dipping one toe in the oceans Not the same as putting to sea I've never known much about seagulls And they don't know about me Dipping one toe in the oceans, not the same as putting to sea. I've never known much about seagulls, sailing ships or people. I've never known much about seagulls, and they don't know about me. Thank you.
Thank you. Seagulls. So for the second recording of the album, I used a Eura Report open reel tape recorder, which was mono and only had one microphone, but the sound quality was much better. I tried to get all the same friends back to help again, but some of them couldn't come. And I recorded all of the songs again, edited the master tape and sent it off to the pressing plant. Then there was a long wait. There was a worldwide shortage of vinyl granules in 1973, and it was those that were used to make vinyl records. And there was nothing anyone could do to speed up the process or the production of the records. As you can imagine, all this cost an incredible amount of money. I was earning around 15 pounds a week at the time, and I had quite a good job. And uh, I had to ask for money in advance from all the friends who said they'd buy a copy of the album in order to fund it. I suppose it was a very early example of crowdfunding before it was actually called crowdfunding. Eventually, the records arrived, and thank heavens, this time they sounded good. And here is one. Yes, there we are. That's it. Uh, that's the other side. And uh, there is actually one in there. No. I've just noticed there's a dedication to my ex-wife on the top, actually. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have taken that when we got divorced, should I? <laughs> Didn't think. I couldn't afford a professional sleeve design, so another friend did two black and white drawings, as you've seen, uh, for the front and back of the album. And I couldn't ha afford to have the sleeve professionally printed, so I had the two drawings reduced inside and photocopied. Now, in 1973, photocopiers were high-tech. Wow, photocopiers. It was amazing. You could put something in one end and get a copy out at the other end. Incredible. I mean, we take it for granted now. Uh, so, in 1973, photocopiers were new and high-tech, and a photocopy machine was a huge thing which took up most of the space in a small shop. Yeah. I pasted the copies of the drawing onto the white sleeves which the record was delivered in. I designed the record label myself and pasted those on by hand too. A lot of paste involved. I do remember actually one funny story was I, I pasted the labels onto the record um, and pasted right across the hole in the middle of the record. Uh, which was fine, people could punch their, old, their own hole, that wasn't a problem. But of course, once they put the record on their record player, all the paste would kind of ooze out, and it would stick on their roll. I had lots of calls from people, come and get this record off my record player. It stuck. <laughs> Remember that very clearly. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, here's another one of the bonus tracks from the album, copies of which are available tonight, he said. And this one's got an interesting history. This is called Hypnotist. And uh, I was on a training course once. It was one of these deep kind of encounter-style training courses where one went to examine one's inner being and stuff. And uh, I think it was down in Bournemouth or Eastbourne or somewhere, not, nowhere particularly exotic. And it was run by a guy who was a psychotherapist and a woman called Brenda who was a psychiatrist. And Brenda was a psychiatrist in New York City where arguably everybody's crazy anyway, so she was quite busy. But she took time out to come across and run this course, and uh, I was one of the trainees on it, and she was one of the tutors. Uh, all that was fine until one morning when I was coming down to breakfast in this hotel, 
Uh, I got into the lift and we came down one floor. The doors opened and Brenda got on. Now, you know, you don't want to be stuck in a lift with a psychiatrist. But that's exactly what happened. We went down another floor and the, the, the lift shuddered to a halt. All the lights went out and we were stuck there for the next 70 minutes. During which time, Brenda thought she'd practice her psychiatrist skills. I've never forgotten that. And uh, so everyone else could share in my misery, I wrote this song dedicated to Brenda, which is called Hypnotist.
Thank you. I was called hypnotist. So in the 1970s, I was playing at a lot of folk clubs. And like I say, there were loads of them around. I carried around a cardboard box full of these Unsung Lies records and would occasionally sell one or two at each gig. It was quite unusual for someone like me to have a record for sale. Uh, and I think a lot of people like that. Uh, was particularly someone who didn't have a, a record contract. Private release records were nowhere near as common as they are now. I mean, it's so easy to release your own CD these days. A lot easier to record it as well. And uh, it's quite difficult to find a private released album from someone like me from before 1973. Eventually supplies of the album ran out, as you can imagine. In the future, I would release more albums on tape cassette and then on CD, but this was still 1973. And in the coming years, people would tell me that they found a copy of my album in the bargain bin in Watford Market or other places like that, which I, I was quite impressed with, actually, at the time. In 2012, 39 years after the release of the Unsung Lies album, I began to notice something which would lead directly to why we're here tonight. Original copies of the album were being sold on eBay for fantastic amounts of money. Sadly, and obviously I didn't get to see any of that money, but people were selling them. And the first one I noticed sold on the 19th of February 2012 for £741.28. That's amazing, I thought. Good grief. It must be record collectors. It must be record collectors buying and selling stuff that they think is very, very rare. Uh, the £1,000 price barrier was broken on the 7th of June 2013 when one sold for £1,048. And on the 2nd of February 2009, 2019, a copy of the album sold for a record £1,250. Now, the interesting thing is, um, I've had the, the, these re-releases on sale for a couple of weeks, uh, promoted through my website. And uh, someone emailed me and said he'd like two copies, and he lived in Italy. And he said, I was the person who paid 1250 Yeah, yeah. And ever since the, the, the eBay sales started, I've, I've been receiving emails from people. I think I've had about 190 now asking me to re-release the album. So that's what I've done. And I hope people like it. And if they don't, I'm still re-releasing it. So... <laughs> Interestingly, um, one of the songs on the album, in fact, the first song on the original vinyl album was a song called My Friend. And it's still the first song on the vinyl album. But I thought it'd be rather nice to re-release it, or, or rewrite it, as it were, and put it on the end of the album. So the album, the re-release of the album, actually begins and ends with this song. It begins with the 1973 version, and it ends with the 2020 version. Uh, this is called My Friend. This is about someone I used to know. It's completely true. And the new version of this song uh, gives more detail, really. Are we ready? My friend, 
once painted rainbows Just as the sun rose After the dawn My friend Once sang me love songs All day and night long Some years ago When her words were full of colors Her thoughts were always blue I often joked that she could sing for hours and she said she'd never love anyone but you My friend Once made me smile With her strange style Unlike my own My friend Danced every morning Found me quite boring I still suppose When her words were full of colours Her thoughts were always blue I often joked that she seemed to smell of flowers And she said she'd never love anyone but you Always believed in me Lived life so easily When I lived it hard My friend Told me she'd be here But later that year I heard she'd gone When her words were full of colours Her thoughts were always blue I often joked that she was getting louder And she said she'd never love anyone but you
took away the morning Stole away the afternoon Left me the night My friend Died one night so quietly Nobody heard her Becoming free When her words were full Of colors Her thoughts were always blue That she had mystic powers And she said she'd never love anyone but you Thank you, Alison Raymond and uh, Susan Alexander and Linda Birmingham um, really make a big difference to that track, so thank you to them. So here's some quotes and reviews of the Unsung Lies album, this is the original album. Uh, it was voted <laughs> the 915th best album of 1973. Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was on rateyourmusic.com. Uh, Poppsych.com said, it's an ultra-rare UK private press, features enhanced Pekara's 4001 Record Collector Dreams book with a massive five stars on the rarity scale. It also gets the coveted symbol of musical excellence. Never heard of Hans Pekara, but he's obviously a good guy if he said that. It's full of great tunes, sensitively delivered, a real collector's item, said, let's make this famous.com. If you, if you Google for Unsung Lies, it's an amazing load of crap comes up. I mean, you know, there's pages and pages of it. Uh, Unsung Lies consists of beautiful artsy folk pop characterised by simple use of just an acoustic guitar and vocals. No drum, bass, keyboards or electric guitars were involved in the making of this album. That was from let's make this famous.com again. Here's a good one from discunion.net. UK acid folk from 1973. <laughs> now here's, here's one I'm really proud of. See if you get what this is about. This is from unknownalbums.com. It says, released the same year as DSOTM. Personally, I prefer Unsung Lies. DSOTM, Dark Side of the Moon. Only cost me a hundred, that did. No. no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. This album is a wonderful document of melodic material married to deep and heartfelt lyrics delivered with great gravitas and conviction. Shindig magazine. And uh, someone uh, recently, in fact, said, this album shows the colours of Julian Mount that lie beneath his mostly quirky present-day songs and performance. 
this young man. <laughs> this young man presents his heart and storytelling and divine musicianship and voice. How lucky we are that this album is still out there. Someone called Sylvia Birch. Isn't that lovely? And a final quote from Julian Mount in 2020. You really can't understand what all the fuss is about. Huh? So, uh, we come to our last song this evening. And uh, this is one that's not on the album, but we thought we'd end with this. Can I just, it's a lot of fun. Can I just say something? No, oh, look, I'm all echoing. No, go on, go on. Something else that was going on in 1973 was Julian and I were going to the same folk club, but we didn't know each other. <laughs> that's true, actually. We used to go to the Oval Folk Club in Hendon, or near Hendon. And I used to go every, uh, every Friday. And, um, <clears throat> so did I. <laughs> Yeah, but we never knew. I we, was usually drunk. We know we were there <laughs> at the same drunk. time because we, we see, all, saw all the same people. People like Jake Thacker and Cameron and Chris Roman and Magna Carta and all kinds of people like that. Yeah. Anyway, we'll end with this song. Uh, thank you so much for coming. It's, it's really uh, it meant a lot to me that you've all turned up. Um, I've got something else to say after this one, so we'll just get on with it. This song is a, um, well, I like to describe this, uh, this song as a, a mashup, a mashup of three seaside shanties. Oh, I do like to be beside the seaside. I do like to be beside the sea. Oh, I do like to stroll along the prom, 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 where the brass bands play tiddly on pom 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 So just let me be beside the seaside, I'd be beside myself with glee. And there's a special girl beside, I should like to be beside, beside the seaside, she sings to me. I want to marry a lighthouse keeper and keep him company. I want to marry a lighthouse keeper and live by the side of the sea. I'd polish his lamp by the light of day so ships at night can find their way. I want to marry a lighthouse keeper, won't that be okay? Well, I'd never marry a lighthouse keeper and keep her company. Oh. Ships passing in the night we'd be Let's avoid the rocks of matrimony I'd never marry a lighthouse keeper Even if she'd marry me We could take a walk along a moonlit bay Maybe find some treasure too I'd love living in a lighthouse How about you? Could we walk along the moonlit bay when the lighthouse bright so bright? Men. We'd hate living in a lighthouse. You know you're I'm wrong. Right. I dream of living in a lighthouse, baby, every single day. I dream of living in a lighthouse, the white one by the bay. So if you want to make my dreams come true, go be a lighthouse keeper, do. Nightmares 
living in a lighthouse, baby, every single day. Hoovering the stairs would take all year with no time left I'll to do play. That. So if you wanna make my dreams come true, resign from the lighthouse keeper's crew. Hey, the, the lighthouse, lighthouse goes automatic soon, then you'll be okay. Oh, I do like to be beside the seaside. I don't. I do like to be beside the sea. Not anymore, I don't. But I'd much rather stay in a hotel by the bay than in a lighthouse with you beside. I quite fancy a narrowboat on the canal. It's still water, isn't it? Thank you. So, thank you. So here we are in the year 2020. I find myself being a singer, musician and songwriter. I don't in general write love songs. I don't in general write good time music. I don't in general write comedy songs. Mostly I write songs about people, who they are, what they do and what happens to them. And I try in each song to document something about their lives, something about what happens to them. And mostly I write my songs from a quirky perspective. This is a conscious choice and I choose to do this not because it's easy, but because it's hard. I've not always been, as you see me now, the original songs on the Unsung Lies album uh, are not like the songs I write today. And I can hear you thinking, so what were they like then? Well, there's only one way to find out. Copies of the Unsung Lies remastered CD are available for £10 this evening. Some people have got one already, actually. And... Uh, a project like this, which has literally taken 47 years to come to fruition, uh, doesn't happen by itself. Uh, so many people have ha helped me. So I'd like to thank, first of all, Alison Raymond, Linda Birmingham and Susan Alexander for this evening. <laughs> and for all the rehearsals and putting up with my prima donna-ish type uh, attitude. Uh, I'd like to think, thank Trevor Bailey, who's at the back there, uh, for doing the original remaster of the Unsung Lies album. He did an amazing job. He got rid of all the crackles, the pops, the hums, everything. So a big round of applause for Trevor. <laughs> I'd like to thank Stephen Lenman, who I've seen has crept in at the back, for helping to record the four bonus tracks and for helping me with the artwork on the new CD. A big round of applause for Stephen. <laughs> And Stephen, of course, had to do further mastering on the original tracks to make sure they match the new tracks. I, I, I don't think he's ever had a job like working with Julian. <laughs> he probably dreads the time when I ring him up and say, I want to make another album. Oh, God, no. <laughs> um, also, of course, I need to thank Keith White for the amazing sound this evening. <laughs> I'd like to thank Steve McLennan for giving up his time this evening to come and play for us and to do a video for YouTube. Thank you, Steve. But most of all, I need to thank you lot, because without you lot, tonight wouldn't have happened. And I'm very grateful for all of the people in this room, the support you give me, for the interest you show in my music, and long may that continue. This has been the story of Unsung Lies. My name's Julian Mount.
Oh, that's kind of you. <laughs> How spontaneous and unexpected. <laughs> Some of you may have noticed that I'm wearing a hat. I didn't know Christ write a goodbye So hello What do you think of my hat? I can't take it off Cause I get hat hair Though it's got holes Which will let in air I know I look ridiculous But I don't care What do you think of my hat? Hats are funny Hats are cool I haven't worn a hat since I went to school When I wear a hat, I'm two more inches tall And I must say I quite like that Hats are funny, hats are cool I haven't worn a hat since I went to school When I wear a hat, I'm two more inches tall And I must say I quite like that Searched for a hat for a long, long time Till I found this hat that's now mine It changed my life and changed my mind What do you think of my hat? I tried on a bowler and I tried on a cap I tried on a helmet with a big chin strap He tried on a topper but he didn't like that What do you think of my hat? Since I went to school When I wear a hat I'm two more inches tall And I must say I quite like that Hats are funny Hats are cool I haven't worn a hat Since I went to school When I wear a hat I'm two more inches tall And I must say I quite like that got a head you need a hat to put right on the top of it with a hat you're ahead it's a well-known fact what do you think of my hat when you wear a hat you're someone new they have to look up to you you won't need a hat pin you don't need glue what do you think of my hat Since I went to school When I wear a hat I'm two more inches tall And I must say I quite like that Hats are funny Hats are cool I haven't worn a hat Since I went to school When I wear a hat I'm two more inches tall And I must say I quite like that When I sing this song It wouldn't feel right If I didn't wear one It wouldn't make sense And sound all wrong oh, What do you think of my hat? I bought my hat 
need to know. Oh, what do you think? What do you think? Hey! What do you think of my hat? Hats are funny, hats are cool. I haven't worn a hat since I went to school. When I wear a hat, I'm two more inches tall. And I must say, I quite like that. Hats are funny, hats are cool. I haven't worn a hat since I went to school. When I wear a hat, I'm two more inches tall. And I must say, I quite like that. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you so much. Thank you.